Hi, and welcome to Book Club, a sales enablement pro podcast. I'm Olivia Fuller. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. As sales becomes increasingly data-driven and digital, it also becomes more complex. And as a result, buyer expectations are evolving and organizations need to adapt to a modern commercial model in order to accelerate revenue growth. This is a concept that Steven Diorio and his team at the Revenue Enablement Institute explore in depth in their research. And today he's here to talk to us a little bit more about some of the key findings of this research and their upcoming book, so Stephen, with that, I'd love if you could tell us a little bit more about yourself and your organization. Great. Thanks for having me. So uh, I'm an engineer. I grew up in the factory at GE. Uh, and so all, all about the science of growth. Uh, since 1985, I've been trying to drive the continuous improvement in sales and marketing performance uh, and transformation at the enterprise level at GE. Uh, I built a consulting firm named MarketBridge uh, that was able to transform a number of companies like IBM. Uh, I was the first sales and marketing analyst at Gartner Group uh, in 1998. Uh, all of this, I had a full head of hair, which you can't see. Uh, and as an investor uh, and board member uh, in terms of sales tech. For the last decade, uh, I figured out something that probably your audience understands well. Transformation comes from the top. I've never met a sales enablement professional who didn't know what to do. Uh, the question was, did their CEO know what to do? And were they committed to doing the things uh, from the top down uh, to transform the commercial model? Um, so we, uh, as a byproduct of all that, um, we wrote a book. Uh, and the book is about revenue operations. We'll talk more about that. But the business reason for writing the book is to educate uh, boards, CEOs and what we call CXOs, that's the top growth leader in the company. It can be a sales executive, but it's more than likely a CEO or somebody with a broader remit. Three big reasons we wrote the book. One, organic growth, and importantly, the assets that create it, brands, data, technology, channels, is directly linked to firm value, your stock price or the value of your firm, and financial performance, margins and profits and cash flow. Uh, the problem is what we're seeing in organizations is businesses are trying to manage a 21st century commercial model uh, that's digital, data-driven, dynamic, and accountable, meaning you have to demonstrate results with management practices and structures invented in the last century. Uh, and so what we've done to help owners, CEOs, and these CXOs to remake their commercial models to be more digital, data-driven, accountable, and higher performing. Uh, we've forwarded this notion of revenue operations, and you and I can talk. There's a lot of definitions, but we're publishing a book. Um, we've built a blueprint, uh, and we've outlined an operating system for getting all the assets in the organization working together uh, around aligning them uh, to drive more growth. And so um, that's the reason uh, we wrote the book. Uh, and we can talk a little bit more about what that means and why uh, your audience uh, might be able to use some of these uh, principles in their day job. 
Fantastic. Well, again, I'm so excited to have you here with us today. So as you mentioned, you know, your team recently published some comprehensive research on revenue operations in a 21st century commercial model. And that really details how revenue operations can better align with commercial teams and processes to help accelerate revenue growth. So at a high level, I'd love if you could just tell our audience what the key components of that model are. Absolutely. We've assembled the leading academics, practitioners, and experts in the science of growth. And uh, what a CEO will typically say is this is about the people, process, and technology of growth. And that all comes down to alignment, aligning teams, aligning operations, aligning systems. One thing we'll talk about that's very important is aligning processes. No single person owns the cross-functional commercial processes. And this notion of assets What's really important in this day and age, in the 21st century, the assets that support growth, and by that I mean customer data, or your brand, or your digital selling infrastructure, uh, or your sales technology stack, or whatever IP you have, is probably worth most or mo more than most of your company. For example, the customer data inside American Airlines is worth more than the actual company. Uh, in order to a bank who financed them. And so they like to say, you know, we'd have a great data business if we could get rid of the planes. Um, what that boils down to is there are six things that need to be aligned. Uh, two will be very familiar to our audience. One is commercial enablement, the technologies that support data-driven selling uh, and training. Uh, another would be commercial insights, where I know a lot of operations professionals and enablement professionals are involved. But the, the, the big other four are commercial leadership, uh, the notion of a CXO, which is not a buzzword, but really somebody with a broad remit to unify sales, marketing, and service, uh, and, uh, and, and to do top-down transformation to make the business more data-driven, digital, and accountable. Uh, the second thing is commercial operations, and we'll talk more about this. But think about it. We need a single point of control for the cross-functional commercial processes uh, for all the operations and data inside the company. Fragmented management of these assets hurt our ability to plug the gaps in the journey where bad things are happening uh, or to really truly leverage the, the value of data in our business. Uh, the other one is commercial architecture. Uh, the world is constantly moving. If you read uh, the Gartner research or any customer research, you know, 82% of the buying process is digital. People want faster, more complete, more relevant answers. Uh, in the last 24 months, we've learned that people don't really want to travel. Uh, it, the engagement model has changed. Coverage models has changed, as I know I'm sure everybody in this audience has added development reps at the front of the process, uh, specialists and overlays in the middle of the process, and beast up customer success at the back of the process. And so when you factor in all those changes, uh, the way we compensate, cover, assigned territories is probably obsolete, even if it's over the last nine months. And so aligning your coverage and resources around a modern model uh, and employing digital engagement and different cadences can have a 50% impact on top line growth and a 10% cost to sell impact. So the six components, and we have a blueprint we can share, leadership, operations, architecture, enablement insights, and this notion of assets technology, data, and content that drive growth. Uh, managing those in a unified fashion is really what revenue operations is all about. Mm. 
Definitely. So how can enablement and revenue operations partner together and really complement each other to drive that alignment across revenue facing teams? Yeah, so this is great. So, you know, someone's going to put a big CRO title on top of the organization, and that'll either have beef and substance or it won't. But if I'm in an enablement or operations roles, and, and as you know, uh, that's kind of fuzzy math there. Uh, enablement in one organization is operations in another. But if you think broadly, sales enablement needs to be working with sales ops because sales enablement technology and engagement technology and readiness or training technology are all converging into the same stack. So how can we manage those things separately? Second, the difference between marketing operations and sales operations in a world where you have all these BDRs and development reps at the front of the process driving all the way through is blurring. Uh, the tech stack should be different. Uh, the data signals that marketing creates are incredibly useful uh, to salespeople. So they should be partnering. And I know um, there are specialty people who just do CPQ and tools and fulfillment. But at the end of the day, if I'm in an enablement or operations function, I want to be working together with one single view of the process and make sure that the systems and data align along that process. You don't need a mandate from the top to do that. It's common sense uh, and, and you'll create financial impact. And so there's plenty of things that an enablement organization can be doing uh, to lead their leadership down that path. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to dig in a little bit to what some of the risks are with not having a well-managed commercial model. So can you tell us what are some of the costs of having a poorly managed commercial model and how can misalignment across commercial teams really hinder growth? Wow, well, that starts at the top, firm value. If you're in one of these hyper-growth businesses, the average SaaS business has to be growing at 50% with really strong retention uh, to support their stock price. So we see uh, leaky buckets, uh, consumer attrition at the back uh, with acquisition at the front. But uh, another big cost, I think, to the board is opportunity cost. So many businesses have so many attractive markets uh, that are out there. A lot of these businesses are getting funded because of the addressable market. But if you cannot attain that market and gain share of that market, uh, you've got a problem. And quite frankly, alignment uh, of, of resources to that opportunity is a big point of failure. Cost to sell is an obvious one. Organizations that aren't aligned are at least 10 points, 10 percentage point off on cost to sell. Market margin leakage is another big one. Margin leaks out throughout the journey in terms of lead leakage, price leakage, uh, price compliance. And so margin is being, you know, bleeding out of the, uh, the, the cracks in, in a fragmented organization uh, because of handoffs or lack of ownership. And that's an easy one to go after. Uh, and then this notion of return on assets, adoption, utilization, and return of selling technologies is incredibly low you know, 30 years after the advent of CRM. And I think organizations need to be looking at the return they're getting on these assets. Uh, and a, a small bump in adoption 
will lead to much higher returns on some of the enablement technologies you were talking about before. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, you know, there are a lot of benefits to having that well-managed commercial model. So one of those values is cross-functional alignment. And, and you mentioned that in the research and uh, the impact on the customer experience as a result. So from your perspective, what does it mean to have a unified customer experience? And how is that really a competitive advantage? Well, four things. First, very few CEOs can turn to one person in their organization to say what happened at the front, middle, or the back end of the customer sales journey. So whether that's a proxy person, uh, whether that's a hard line, uh, we need one throat to choke for the entire cross-functional commercial journey across the organization. The second thing is visibility into what we call the moments that matter. You know, if you listen to my friend Brent Adamson at Gartner Group, only 18% of the B2B buying process involves humans. That means that, you know, less than 20% of the time, uh, I, I have the ability to impact. Those conversations are more and more important. So real-time conversational intelligence and guidance uh, is critical uh, to make sure that we're saying the right things in those moments. Uh, we're listening to the right trigger words uh, and we're monitoring the customer experience. The, the, the third thing is ensuring fast, complete and relevant answers to customer questions. Customers don't care if they're talking to a BDR, a product specialist or, or a CSM. They want a complete relevant answer in real time. So again, this notion of speed is really coming through. And lastly, you've really got to understand the key points of failure leverage and scale in the process and measure and manage them. Every organization has leakage, bad handoffs, bad setups, bad customer experiences, uh, bad opening experiences, uh, putting them on a board uh, and, and owning them and measuring them is critical. So I'd say focus on those four things. Definitely. So having advanced analytics to provide data-driven sales guidance is becoming more and more essential for organizations to really be able to grow and, and scale. So how can revenue operations and sales enablement help gather and provide those insights? This is really important piece for alignment. Alignment in two dimensions. Uh, typically to deliver guidance, we're dealing with a tech stack of you know, four or five different systems or panes of glass uh, that are managed by four or five different types of people. Second, there's a convergence going on. Sales enablement technologies are merging with sales readiness technologies. We've seen two acquisitions in the last week. Uh, and more importantly, they're going to connect to sales engagement technology in terms of speed. Right now, someone's got to look past the different categories that the analysts are talking about and look at three things. There are five core food groups in terms of customer engagement data. One is CRM, that's obvious. Two is email and calendar data. People can generally grab this. All this data exists in almost every organization. Uh, third is external buying signals. These are first party signals coming from your website uh, that people are not in marketing aren't sharing. Uh, fourth is seller activity data. This is called conversational intelligence, uh, you know, recording calls that type of thing, uh, and then customer engagement data, how they are responding. So every single organization, uh, if you send people content, uh, most sales enablement solutions can tell you whether that content was consumed, 
moved around. Content is like a tracer bullet. It flies around your customers' organizations and, and, and shows you what's going on. Uh, everybody uh, is recording Zoom calls nowadays, and, and it, it, but that data has got to be combined with signals that you're getting on your website, email, calendar, and CRM. So those five food groups, if any CEO had the will, they should be able to harness that data. The second is analytics. That you need to combine all of those things. You know, conversational intelligence. People can take just the call and derive certain conclusions from that. But it's possible to take all five of those to create a complete uh, picture of what's going on. And you want to do five things there. One, prioritize opportunities in real time in the call. Recommend the next best play in real time in the call. One-to-one -one coaching at scale. This is really cool. There's no reason. I mean, people can get an alert saying, oh, a sales call is happening right now. Here's the recording. It's even better to say your sales rep just said something really, really stupid. You better drop in on that call. It's a teachable moment and an account save. Uh, and then real-time seller guidance, you know, saying, oh my gosh, the client just asked a trigger word. They mentioned a competitor. Uh, they mentioned something to go after. Rather than wait till after, you should be doing that through the call. And then I'll, I'd love to talk about four measures. You should be deriving measures to run your business uh, you know, on pipeline, account health, and opportunity health on a scale of one to 10, uh, all from this engagement data I talked about. So five food groups uh, using analytics to drive five growth drivers. This sounds complicated, but my understanding of the stack in most of the companies in this call, this is very doable in a 60 to 98 day timeframe with existing technologies. Uh, and if your you know, enablement provider can't do this, then you should be demanding this sort of thing. Absolutely. So this has been a fantastic conversation, Stephen. And I just have one final question for you. What are some of the analytics that practitioners really should be tracking and leveraging to empower revenue growth and scalability today, in your opinion? Yes, absolutely. And the big trap here, and I think most people on this, this podcast know that, is uh, you know, everyone goes after a bag of metrics. Everyone measures what their machines can generate. But the scorecard for sales enablement should be firm value and financial performance, revenue growth, profit growth, and cash flow. And if you walk back from what is creating revenue and profits, uh, you'll come with the big four metrics. Uh, one, account health, as measured by customer lifetime value uh, and actions that are making that go up and down. Second is opportunity potential based on uh, propensity to buy, buying signals, uh, firmographics, demographics. You should have a pretty hard number that says account A is worth 10 million, account B is worth $200,000 uh, and, and the probability of closing that. Uh, the third is seller performance, seller capacity assumptions, seller productivity assumptions, uh, how well that they are uh, you know, developing in terms of ramp uh, is critically important. And then pipeline accuracy. Uh, I know a lot of, this is a lot of where the RevOps software companies come into play, but you should be blending many different data sources to get that number as predictable and accurate as possible because garbage in, garbage out. So the big four, account health, visibility to account health, opportunity potential, seller performance, and pipeline accuracy. At the top of the house, if you take a process perspective, I talked a lot about measuring the key points of failure and leverage in the end-to-end -end process. Uh, you should be using this customer engagement data, these five food groups to measure those things. 
but some basic things. Are the plays that work being executed? Sales organizations know what they're doing. If there's 100 sales reps running the right plays, and again, I'm using plays broadly here, are the people running the plays that work? That's pretty simple. Second, most of our energy goes into training and development. A lot of that leaks out of people's ears because of human nature in 90 days. Ask yourself the question, is the training changing sales behavior in ways that are changing buyer outcomes? So many people are pumping energy into training, assuming it's the right thing. It is the right thing, but are we using this data, this customer engagement and seller activity data to tell us half the people did it and of those people, their customers are converting more. And so these are pretty granular metrics, but if you think about the four things that are driving firm value and the key points of leverage in the end-to-end commercial metrics, uh, you'll be coming up with really useful analytics. That's excellent advice. Well, Stephen, thank you so much again for joining the podcast today. I learned so much from you and, and I can't wait to share this with our audience. Thank you so much. And to our audience, thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. And if there's something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.